up y'all and welcome to another episode of worldly church girl it's your girl your host lillian harshaw on today's show i have the program director of jazzy 88 located in nashville tennessee he also has a syndicated gospel radio show called real gospel and he is also the author of the soon-to-be bestseller hashtag fatherhood so it gives me great privilege to introduce to you Exum Lawson. From being an accountant executive at a leading company at the radio industry to being a program director for Jazzy 88.1 FM and the host of your own syndicated show, Real Gospel, your grandfather was Pentecostal, your parents were mm-hmm. Baptist, and you went mm-hmm. to a Catholic church. School. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Catholic yeah, that's school. That's okay. Yes. Now, would you say that um, all of that helped you with your walk in faith right now? Most definitely, most definitely. Um, Some people have grown up in one faith and one denomination, uh, and that's fine. Uh, And that's where God sort of had me. My grandparents were uh, Pentecostal. Uh, My father grew up Baptist. Uh, My mother met my father. Uh, I was a, a undisciplined child, <laughs> so they mm-hmm. sent me to private school, which was AKA a Catholic school. And so uh, I went to Baptist church on Sundays, but I spent my summers with my grandparents in North Carolina and they were Pentecostal. So I sort of got a, a mixture of all three. So I've, I've been exposed to quite a few denominations. Well, what is the one thing that all three of those faiths have in common? They all love God. And what is and- the one thing would you say they don't have in common with each other? interpretation of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. (laughs) So do you feel that um, your foundation for all these denominations helps you speak better to the masses? Yes, because we tend to live in our our, uh, bubbles at times and the ability for me to be able to speak uh, to a Baptist uh, church or speak within a Baptist church, to speak within a Pentecostal church, to AME, CME, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is very rewarding because uh, uh, I'm, I'm able to glean just a little bit about each of their history, Catholics included, uh, understanding mass, and, and especially in terms of what's going on today and uh, what we see in the news. So I'm able to articulate uh, a lot faster what most people are probably just uh, allowed to just uh, go by in terms of their understanding of another denomination. When you're speaking, do these denominations have a hard time accepting the fact that you do you have walked all these different walks i would say it depends on uh the leadership some leaders are are strict (laughs) or legalistic in their views and if you didn't grow up here this is not and they're weary uh but uh for the most part uh i've I've, god has led me to be around open-minded people and uh i'm also a graduate of the american baptist college i have a uh uh bachelor's and pastoral studies. So one of the things that my instructors uh, have have taught me before I go into any place, it's always good to do a little research anyway on the people that you're speaking to so that you can give them a little something. People People like to know that you've taken the time out to understand who they are. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to an AME church and I'm speaking before a a large group of people, they want to know if I know who Richard Allen is, but I'm I'm going to throw a little something in there so they know that I know. And it puts them at ease and it makes them appreciate you 
when they know that you've just taken just a little bit of time to sort of understand who they are and you didn't just come in and just start talking to them. And I'm going to back up a little bit. Sure. Being a PK, how did you get from being a PK to want to be a person going to college to learn the word? The Lord allowed me to live life. Uh, when, when I turned 18 and graduated from high school, I joined the military. And so uh, I was in the Army. I'm a Gulf War veteran. And so I've had the opportunity to sort of uh, go to war, come back. Uh, when I got out of the military, I sort of I was sort of like the, uh, the prodigal son in the book of Luke. I sort of uh, I was out there in the world doing my thing. And then I realized, you know what, my, my life is not where it, it should be and where it's supposed to be. And so like the scripture says, when I came to myself, uh, I just I just looked up toward heaven. And I said, Lord, lead me. And so once once I began to open my heart back up into the Lord, he began to lead me. So uh, we all have some of us have our wilderness experiences. Others um, whom have grown up in church uh, have a more direct view of of their life in terms of uh, staying within the church realm and having to make their mistakes uh, with, within the uh, uh, I don't want to say confines, but within the, the 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 lifestyle of having to stay in church and st- stay uh, before the people in terms of service and 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 servitude until they reach the place where God uh, takes them to in, in that area. I, on the other hand, uh, when I left home, I pretty much left church altogether for about maybe ten to fifteen years before I came back. And so um, it allowed me to sort of see things differently. Whenever I speak, I, I, I try to uh, remember that everybody before me not only is not saved, but, um, but pro- possibly have backslidden. And so my messages always ring that tone because I know where from whence I've come. I would say that... Um... And I'm not suggesting people to go do, you know, go out sinning, <laughs> but I will say if you live that life, it's a lot easier to talk about that life versus telling somebody you should never do this and you never done it yourself. So how can you tell somebody not to do yeah. something or not to live a certain way if you've never experienced any of those things? And there is a trade-off there. Um, when I encounter people who uh, have had their struggles within the within the church and have had to grow up in the church before the people uh, they've gotten their stripes as well uh, it's not easy and uh you know uh, but at the same time there there are two and and sometimes when you step back and and, 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 and you can tell people whom God has uh, covered because they have stepped outside of his will and gone out into the wilderness and he's brought them back in they may speak a certain kind of way to speak to a certain type of people, just as people whom have been in service, whom have been in servitude, in servitude to the Lord, understand God from a different perspective because they've been in church uh, all, all their life. So they can speak with a, a different type of power and anointing as well. And so uh, it's, it's, it, it, it cuts both ways. But it's always good when you can have a balance and a mixture of the two. And so that's just how awesome God is, because he's got something for everybody. Those who have been in church most of the, 
all their life and those who have stepped outside and need somebody to speak to them about their, about you, you don't know what I've gone through. Well, yeah, let me tell you. And so that, that's the awesomeness of God. And there is a lot. I mean, we, we'd be on here for hours and hours discussing this because from, from the things that you've seen, that I've seen, for instance, um, you could always, when I was in the military, I could always tell a person whom uh, grew up sort of confined because as soon as they had got that taste of freedom, they didn't, they didn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Because if you've been told, don't do this, don't do this, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. But then because maybe you wanted to go to college and uh, you got a scholarship and you, you grew up in church, you got a scholarship, so you leave home and now you are in a dorm and you're not used to people who have not grown up in church. And so they're clubbing and they're drinking and they're doing a bunch of other things. You are going to need the Lord to keep you from drifting to those things. And even though so you need that strength, but even if you don't, you know, sometimes you can tell people who are not used to that because they can fall in and fall all the way in. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, it, there's a lot of work to be done. And, and so that's why those of us who serve in leadership, uh, we have to be careful how we present uh, God's word and how, how we um, uh, teach holiness in, in, in a sense, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Just be careful when that visitor come into church. Don't just browbeat them as soon as yeah. they walk in the door. Love them. <laughs> love them. Give them, give them yeah. some love. Yeah, share your life. See, I, I had a life. I, I messed up a little bit. Some of y'all remember. Y'all were there. Mother so so <laughs> that time when I did, you know. And so that helps, especially to a young person yes. who's trying to understand, trying to manage their relationship with God versus peer pressure. And they don't think that they have to walk a perfect life, you know, and they hear, they hear oh, you messed up. Yeah. Yeah, a few yep. times. Yeah. Like, His grace was there sufficient. It is. I never, I, I always pray. I tell my children all the time, you know, my, my life is an open book to them. Like, there's there's not much that, that I have not shared with them. Sometimes they say I've shared too much. But I say <laughs> I want y'all to I want y'all to know that um, I'm trying to be as forthcoming and as honest about how I've lived my life so that you understand that I understand when I'm talking to you about some of the things that you probably should do or should not do that you know that you have a daddy that uh, that's that has been there. Right. And, and I'm not talking to you just as so, a parent. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about somebody who's been there. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I, I got the T-shirt. I can, yeah, I got the stripes. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you remember the moment you wanted to be in radio? I do. I, I do. Um, I was, there were, there were a few moments throughout my life, but the particular moment that changed everything to make a long story short, I was working a job that uh, was paying pretty well. Uh, it was a factory job. And um, I, was, I was taking a shower one day after work. I was an independent welder and I was because I was, I was welding parts. And so I was taking a shower. And so black soot was going down the drain. And I remember looking at that and I remember saying, you know what? I can't do this for 30 something years or 20 something years. And I had worked so many odd jobs. I had picked tobacco. I had worked um, uh, in a restaurant uh, as a waiter and as a busboy. And I, I was doing so many different things. And I was in my early 20s. I was probably about 23 or 24. And I remember looking at that and I saying, God, okay, I've tried it my way. Just what, 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 Just lead me, show me, what do you want me to do? And so in the back of my mind, two things happened. One, I hear, I heard the voice of my parents saying, you need to go back to school. And then I thought about it. I said, the only way out of this 
is I have to elevate my mind and elevate my, my, my mind through education, which is what my parents have been trying to tell me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, Lord, lead me because I just don't know what it is. And so on my way to work the next day in the car, I was listening to I was, I was listening to two people. Uh, one is a guy, he's a, he went on to be my mentor. His name is Ernie Allen. And so he worked at a radio station called 92Q, and he was doing mornings with a guy by the name of um, T. Wright. And I would listen to him, and I go, wow, I love the way that I, I want I to meet him one day. I want to do that. And then there was another young lady by the name of Portia Stevens. She did Afternoon Drive, and she was doing Afternoon Drive. And I listened to her deliver. I said, wow, that is awesome. I like how she does that. But then there was also another guy whom I would listen to in the mornings that just blew me away, and his name was Tom Joyner. And so <laughs> when I was listening to them, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, that's what I want you to go do. And so when I got to that job, uh, within that week on my lunch break, I sat down uh, at the lunchroom table while everybody was, everybody else was eating. I grabbed a phone book. We had phone books back at that time before Google. And so <laughs> I started flipping through the phone book and everybody kept saying, Exxon, what you doing, man? What you doing? You're not eating? I said, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I got to find a school. I'm going to school. What you going to school for? Radio broadcasting. So I found the school, I, uh, I visited the school, I got enrolled, and that was life-changing for me because oftentimes uh, God will ask us to do something and we may delay what it is he's asking us to do and we don't move immediately on it. But thank God, praise God, that I, I moved on it. And I went forth and I did the necessary work to get registered. I did the necessary work to make sure I had the financial aid. I did what it took to be registered for that next semester. Mm. And so in wrapping, in wrapping this story up, this is how I knew God. I was also in the will of God. Um, I ended up not having to pay to go to that school. Sometimes you got to pay me saying, but for me, I didn't. A few mm. years later, I went on to work with the guy who I was mentoring, which was Ernie Allen. I, I went on to, to work with him at the particular radio station that I was listening to. I ended up being the um, affiliate producer for the Tom Joyner Morning Show. And we had an outdoor event called Come Together Day. And it was a huge outdoor event, outdoor concert. And there were thousands upon thousands of people that showed up. And so I'm out there holding the microphone, introducing some of these artists. And, and out into the crowd was a group of people, maybe about maybe 10, 15 guys. <clears throat> and so they were waving. And I looked and I looked. I said, those are the dudes that I work with over at, I'm not going to name the place, at the factory that I was at. They came all the way to Nashville, not just to, not just to come to the event, but they came out also to see me. And so I gave them a shout out. And then I walked out there to where they are, to where they were, and started talking to them. And they said, man, you did it. I said, what are you talking about? You said that you were going to go to school for radio broadcasting. You was going to do this, and you did it, man. We're so proud of you. I said, God, thank you, God. I didn't do it for that, but every now and then, God will let you know that you know, you're doing what he's asked you to do. Gave you confirmation, and you weren't even looking for it. Now, do yeah. you remember your first memorable moment on radio? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. My, my first memorable moment on radio, there were a few. One in particular, let me, let me think. 
Uh, I started I started out at an all-white station. Let me say that before I was at that station. I started, started out at an all-white station. I was the only black <laughs> radio personality on the air at the station. And I remember I was working overnights, which people don't know overnights mean. I was on at the wee, wee hours of the morning. So we're talking about maybe two in the morning. I mm-hmm. get this phone call. And so this is this kid. And so this, this kid says, um, excuse me. I said, yeah, what's up? He says, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He says, are you black? I said, yes, I am. He says, oh, cool. (laughs) And and that was that was one that was one memorable moment. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. That is my voice up. I mean, it was very obvious, but I but I brought a little swagger. I have a I have a, a, a slight New York accent. I'm on the air. It was a pop station. We played Britney Spears, the Backstreet Boys, Third Eye Blind. So you know, uh, I can't fake. You know, but yeah, that was that was one memorable. <laughs> okay, is there anybody that you would like to interview that you have not interviewed yet? Uh, well, there's so many people. Um, give me three. You can give you three. I mean, <laughs> Barack Obama, <laughs> as well. uh, Michelle Obama, two. And I guess the third would be if I had to interview someone that I've never gotten an opportunity to interview before, uh, I have to leave the, the third person reserved. The world is always changing, so I'd have to see. So, uh, but Barack Obama for sure, because I admire him and, uh, and his wife, Michelle, I, I admire their marriage and things of that nature. So those will be uh, top tier on my list as, as people. And then I'll probably, if I could, I would like to, interview somebody a, a prominent person from africa uh yes. maybe a king somebody who uh who yields power and authority that that would uh that i could ask the kind of questions in terms of uh you know black support and why we don't support one another you know things of that nature so sort of try to bridge the gap now let's talk about your book hashtag fatherhood what yes. was your inspiration for writing it um the inspiration for writing this book was trying to find a way in the original, in the beginning, trying to communicate with my children uh, without coming across as uh, too parenty. Um, it sort of started as a way of, uh, because we live in the age of social media, and a lot of our children uh, live out loud on social media, whether it's mostly now is Facebook and TikTok and and Instagram and things of that nature. Um, so when 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 they post things or do things, it's 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 difficult to always address every situation. You know, you feel like that you 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 want to say something, but then again, you don't want to keep saying things over and over again, and you don't, you want to give advice. And so I say, well, um, something happened one day, and so um, somebody said to me, did you did you hear about or did you see what so and so posted? And I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh. So I said, how can I say something without, um, you know, embarrassing them or coming, you know, or, or responding on their page, you know, because that can create a problem. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I said, well, let me, let me tweet something. And I just, I just sort of called it, uh, as I said, as your father. And I, I said, as your father, because I wanted them to know that where this was coming from mentally 
And then my thought would be, let me open up the book sort of to give an example to the, to the listener. Okay, on day 139, because it's broken up, my daughter calls it a devotional. I, I didn't realize it was a devotional until she first mentioned it, but I, I guess in a way it is. It's a, okay, on day 139, uh, it starts at the top by saying, I'm always praying for you to see the wisdom of our relationship so your days are multiplied. I love being a father, hashtag fatherhood. And then at the bottom, so when I, when I tweeted that, which was originally what I did. I, when I tweeted that, it was uh, that that really is a cold message. What ended up happening was I started tweeting something every day, and I would tweet different about different scenarios, and I would tweet about how I thought about different things. And so my kids were trying to figure out, well, who is he? Is he talking about you? Or is he talking about me? And then when something would happen, I wouldn't call the name, but I would address a particular, I would address a situation without calling the name. And they were trying to figure out, well, what, who, who, some, you know, so they were trying to Which figure out. Which child is he talking about? Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> but he took on a life of his own because I used Twitter because I, I, want, I didn't want to have a long run on drawn out um, sort of piece. And Twitter forces you to, to, you know, to confine your messages into a certain amount of characters. Mm-hmm. And so when I tweeted, it also posted on my Facebook page. And so I started doing this every day. And I said, well, Lord, if, if you want, give me something to say every day, every day. And every day he would give me something new to say. And then it took off a life of its own because just the ordinary average person began to start forwarding it and reposting it and liking it and responding to it and sharing it. And it just sort of blew up from there. And so after, after a year of doing this, I hired my son to, uh, to, to go through my timeline, my Twitter timeline. I said, okay, I want to see if I have enough for every day of the year. Mm. And so I hired him to go through my timeline. And so he went through the timeline. He copied and pasted each and every. I said, now, that, that, don't just copy and paste. I need you to look at each, each date and tell me if I missed a day. And if I missed a day, that means I got to go back and, 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 and uh, insert one. Mm-hmm. But when he finished, I had over 385 affirmations. Wow. And then I had then so that was my cue that it w- it could become a book. So I took the affirmations and then I had to explain what it meant. So I had to go back through it, remember what it was that I that I said, and then write what's called the wisdom of it. So when I go back to page 139 and at the top it says, I'm always praying for you to see the wisdom of our relationship so your days are multiplied. What that meant, well, let me go back to this is wisdom, the wisdom of it. I explained what well, what does that mean? Well, what it means is there are times it seems like you and I are like a peanut or like peanut butter and jelly sandwich or hot sauce or fried chicken. <laughs> but there are also times it seems as though we're like oil and water. No matter mm-hmm. what's going on with us, my prayer to the Lord is we never lose contact or become estranged. And then at the bottom, there's a scripture, Exodus 20, 20, NIV, honor your father and your mother so that, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And so what that means is that that helps another parent to remember that there are going to be days that you and your children are going to be tight, but then there are also days when you're going to feel like you're like estranged. And then for the, for the child that's reading it or myself that's reading it, even, even though I'm a grown man, I too have parents. I'm thinking about my parents and I have to remember to honor them. And so it, it cuts all different ways. 
when you're reading that and it's backed up by scripture and in the middle of the page, there are lines so that anybody who's reading it can, can write their own wisdom of it or write their own notes about what that means to them for their own personal purposes. So each tweet that you did, was it always towards your children or was it something that, that the Lord just gave you to put out there? Both. Both. Sometimes it was. Yeah, sometimes it was. Sometimes it wasn't. Which tweet, and that's a lot of them because you said about 385, and you're probably still doing it today. What What is a tweet that sticks out the most that you remember? <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. It's, it's, that's really hard. I'm, I'm flipping through the book now, and I'm trying to see. Um, I, I would say... If, if I had to pick an in area or a tweet that stands out the most for me, they, they, they're broken down into sort of different scenarios in terms of parenting. Number one is uh, worship on Sundays. Every it's, it's written in sort of seven day spans. In other words, it, it's Sunday to Sunday. You know, you know, you get it starts off on a, on a on a on a Sabbath, which could be con construed as a Saturday or a Sunday, depending on whichever doesn't matter. But it starts off. It's, I start off with today is Sunday, and today is the day that we're going to give God the praise, the honor, the glory, the everything. And I talk about how it is my job to be the spiritual the spiritual leader of my house, but also your spiritual leader. And to help you understand and help you to cultivate your relationship with God, that area, and also the area in terms of dating, because as as a parent and especially as a father, those are the two areas I think where um, if we spend a, a, a significant amount of time trying to cultivate those areas, a lot of the other things will fall into place. So um, I talk about. You know, and it's written. It's written for you know, age spans. So uh, if you're if you're a college student, or if you're grown, or if you're still in middle school, there's certain principles that should always ring true. And then when it comes to dating, um, I, I talk about sex before marriage. Well, you know, why it's not wise, uh, shacking up. Why that's not wise. Uh, if you can't put a ring on your finger, if you can't put a ring on it, then there's certain things you ought not do. And, and, and it cuts both ways, meaning that if I'm talking to my son, uh, th this is how you should treat a young lady. And if, if, talk, if I'm talking to my daughter, this is what you, you should expect from a young man. So all that is in there. And so from and, and if we move from understanding our relationship with God on a regular basis by taking that time out of our lives, that, like God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, to understanding our how we should have um a relationship with a significant other, whoever, would, whether we're dating or married, whatever, that, that I believe that God will help fill in the blanks in all those other areas. Now, when you got your book done and you saw it published and you looked at it, do you feel like it was a, a, a purging or a, a spiritual moment for you? Like this is what you wanted to do or God led you to do? Did you feel that sense of accomplishment? Yes. It was a long <laughs> long, long process. There are 365 pages uh, of affirmations. It's just a tad bit longer than that. But I, for one, 
uh, it was intentional because I wanted to have something. It's it's for every day. So ev for every every day, a person can get up and read an affirmation to help them in their lives. And so when I when I when I my first thought when I first when a publisher uh, sent me uh, handed me a copy said here you go check it out and I and I and I looked at it I couldn't believe that I did that I'm like who wrote all this I did that <laughs> and I just started thanking the Lord because I'm like wow God you are just you are just awesome because I I never would have thought that that this could come from me um, it took uh, three years to go from from tweet to print to to final copy. And I just could not believe that um, that you know I, that was so much. And so uh, my my sister, shout out to her, uh, y Yessa Lawson, my, my baby sister, baby sister, um, her company uh, did my cover. And so um, she um, she she did you know you can find her on Instagram. Uh, just type in W A I. I don't have it in front of me. Let me see. I'm gonna, I should have put more of it in the book. But if you reach out to me, I can connect you to her. But she she actually did. Uh, a, a tremendous, tremendous job uh, with the with with the uh, with the cover, and and on the cover, uh, it's got fathers doing different things with their kids, uh, you know, just talking to them, uh, holding hands, uh, teaching football, just uh, baseball. I mean, it's just I wanted a cover that was universal, so she did a tremendous job with it. Now, are you gonna do like um, conferences or seminars on fatherhood? Yes, that, that is the plan as God opens doors um, and as he continues to open doors, you know, we're, we're doing this uh, th through this method. Uh, I had uh, a few speaking engagements lined up before, uh, you know, the world changed before our eyes. But um, I'm still continuing to uh, do every, everything I can to enlighten just not just for, in particular fathers, but parents in general, uh, just wherever they are on the face of the planet Earth, because we all need the encouragement. Yes. You know, you can do it on Facebook Live until then. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And yep. speaking of how the world has changed, what is a positive outlook that you can get from what we are going through right now in this pandemic? Um, I think this is an opportunity that we can reflect on um, our relationship with our children. It doesn't matter what kind of father you are. And I, I talk about that in the book as well, that... Um, if you um, are uh, divorced, if you are um, a single father, if you're married, it doesn't matter what your situation what your situation is. If you have children, um, this is a, a great opportunity to reflect on your relationship with them, so that um, you can try to uh, mend fences, bond, do whatever it needs to be done, and and vice versa. I say this, and and doing mentor over the years. There are um, quite a few, quite quite a few broken young men who don't understand or see the value of having a father. To those uh, men, young men, whomever you are, whatever your category is, I think that this is um, an opportunity for you to to uh, to mend that hole in your soul and uh, to just sort of try to do things differently. Because as we see, life is short, and uh, you know people leaving here and huge numbers like we've never seen before, mm -hmm. uh, at, least, at least in our lifetime. And so I, I, I am so blessed of the Lord to still have my father with me uh, today. And so uh, I called him on uh, yesterday and I just said to him, you know, I'm just calling to check on you. 
you know, just I was in my car riding, you know what I'm saying? I said, hey, mm-hmm. what you doing? You know, and I, I do that just a little bit more now so than I did before. But but simply because I, I, I have to say that, and I tell my children this, to, this all the time, I believe that the reason why I have been blessed in my life, even when I was going through trials and tribulations, I believe that the reason why I didn't get the worst of the worst of what could have happened to me in this world is because I, I honored my mother and father. Yes. Even when I was at my lowest, even when I was being hard-headed, I, I, I was never disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, you know, that I, you know, I didn't backbite talk, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I did things, but I did things as a grown man on my own terms. So like um, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. per se. And stand on my mother and father's roof and 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 lean on them and and, and glean from them and 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 take from them resources and money to to do things and and then use that to to uh to to do uh to do un- unwise things and make unwise decisions i did all that stuff on my own i i just and i say that to say that you know if you if you if a, if a man believes that he's grown that he should be out there standing on his own two feet if you're going to make unwise decisions, make your unwise decisions as a man or as a young woman out there on your own and not doing it, pulling your parents into it. Yes. I, I guess what I'm saying is, so when I finally, when God finally dealt with me, I, I, I now, for instance, I, I thank the Lord that I'm able to do something for my parents from time to time uh, without them having to ask. And I mean, yes. financially, to buy them something, I can go visit them. You know what I'm saying? I, I try to make sure that my relationship with both of them um, are, are, are good because they're, 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 they're currently divorced. So my dad lives in Alabama. My mother lives in Georgia. So, um, but I try my best to make sure that they, they know that I love them. They know that, um, you know, they can call upon me if, if, if need be for something. And if I, if I can, I shall. And that, I, you know, when I talked to my dad on yesterday, before we hung up, hung up the phone, you know, I'm the first to say, I love you. You know, um, mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, my mom, I'm the first to say, I love you because I believe that that should start with me. I'm mm-hmm. not waiting <laughs> like some petulant child needing attention to say, well, he ain't telling me he loved me. So I'm not going to tell him back. Cause she said, no, I have learned enough in my life especially since I say that I love the Lord the way I love the Lord to I'm, I'm going to be the initiator. And so I, w- I want to say that and share that to any young man out there who feels slighted by your dad or your relationship with your father is not where it should be. You know, you don't have to wait. You can take the initiative and push the envelope and try to get that relationship to where it needs to be because life is short. Yes. And so sometimes because of miscommunication because of emotions, and sometimes uh, we don't always know what has happened in the past in terms of uh, the parenting dynamic. There's a there's a lot of unresolved issues that are just out there, and as a result, sometimes children pay the price for that. Mm-hmm. You don't know what, what the co-parents went through. You don't know, you know, how that dynamic dissolved or what, what have you. So sometimes it's it's best to clear the air, and so you know. Um, that, that that's another reason why the book is, is there so that uh, people can begin to clear the air and understand that they can 
you know, they can do better with their relationship because a tight relationship with God means that you should have a tight relationship with your parents. What's next for you? I am going to continue to uh, allow the Lord to lead me. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm one of the things that I'm focusing on now is continuing to build the excellent Lawson brand. That is one of the things that God is allowing me to do because uh, through the brand, um, it will be uh, uh, the brand will also have a few other products. And so uh, I, I'll continue to promote the fatherhood book while at the same time continuing to work on uh, my next project. Uh, and believe it or not, the, ne the next project was actually the first project, but it was the fatherhood book that God put his uh, put his anointing on me to go ahead and, and, and get done. Because mm. the next book will be <laughs> dealing with, uh, unless God shifts it again, I will be dealing with child support. And so that was, is that, that's where, and I, and, and I pray to have that one completed uh, probably within a year's time, next year this time. And so it'll be dealing with um, uh, the multiplicity of issues that are faced in, 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 with child support. Uh, it'll have both perspectives on uh, the person, <laughs> the person receiving the check and the person having it uh, taken out of their taken out of their check, so <laughs> that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Oh, you're going through a terrain that has never been into. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of a book or anything, especially from a male's point of view, on child support. What made you go there? Well, you know, I've I've I've, I've paid child support, um, and so. Uh, I have been, I have had to go through, you know, my, my wife and I have a blended family. And so uh, I've, I've had my ups and downs and I've had to go through different scenarios in parenting. And so um, one, one, one theme that rings true, irrespective of uh, who you are, uh, some people don't believe they're getting enough and some people pay, believe they're paying too much. So, right, so, right. Um, I just want to bring a, a very measured and even perspective to it. So it's, it's not going to be a, 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 a bashing book. I, I, it's going to be an educational, informative book, especially for, for those who are the non-custodial parents, which mm -hmm. most of the time are men, and trying to get at the heart of um, why do most men uh, feel as though they're paying too much? What's that process? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, as a new, if you're a new father and you have to go stand before the judge, uh, what, what, what are some of the things that you should probably, probably be aware of before mm -hmm. you go stand before that judge? Yes. And I want to, I want to sort of answer some of those questions and put some of those things, uh, knowledgeably and not, not, and not my thoughts in terms of, I mean, some, some of it, some of it will have my thoughts, but, but some of this would be like case law. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to, I'm, you know, doing some research to find out, you know, what will be, I may, I may interview a couple of judges and, and, and so that they understand that these are not just my thoughts on this. This is what it said. This is what you probably should, what would a lawyer tell you? I'm not right. a lawyer, but his little lawyer is probably going to tell you and you can, you can go back and, and double check yourself. So just some guidance, just, just some simple guidance, because uh, before we get to fatherhood or by the, or by the time you, you are in parenthood per se, there are just some simple things that I believe that if it can help one person, if it can help one relationship, then it's doing its job. You know, you 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 have a baby on the way. And so um, I have to say that, you know, I, I'm a grandparent. 
And so I, I have a son that, you know, has to pay child support. And I, I've had to help him understand, son, first and foremost, don't ever complain about how much you're paying. Don't do it. And, you know, there, there's a process to this. And if you choose to be part of the process of being a parent, then it should not be as difficult as you say that it is. And so I had to break that down and explain it to him. You don't get to have a child. And, and, and some of this is, is some of this is from our personal experience. And some of this is from 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 legal experience. Mm-hmm. You don't get to get her pregnant. And then now, you know, she has to care for this child. And, 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 and that your son or daughter is over there being nurtured by her on a 24-7 basis. You're not living together. And, and, and then now you still want to sort of have a life where you, you know, you, you, you go, you're still going to the club. You still got other friends. And you're sort of doing, you're coming and going per se. And now you're complaining about how much you're paying. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you're paying what you're paying. Can right. you to judge that you are spending equal time as a parent with your child? So we have to understand that, that that's, that's how the system works. You know, if you want your child support to go down, well then step, step up to the plate with your visitation, <laughs> be there. So, right. you know, so that, that's how that works. And so we don't always understand that. And so then the other question is, and I, I don't want to drag on, but, and then the other question is, why, why are you before the judge in the first place? <laughs> if, if that's, if that's why, by the time you get there, I said, you got to understand. In some, in some cases, you may not have a choice because of because of financial, you know, maybe she needs to apply for certain things, and so it, it, it comes with it. But for, but for other reasons, you know, by the time you get before the judge and they have to ask you, have you been doing X, Y, and Z, there's some things you pr- you have not been taking care of before you got to that point, if it gets right. to that point. And then, and then lastly, there are some cases where you probably want to be before the judge because if, if you and her are not really getting along, you probably need to have something in writing to make sure that you have the rights that you need to be a parent so that you're not being blown and pushed, pushed aside. Right. So there are different dynamics that have to be, that, that people have to understand so that there, so that it makes the parenting dynamic a little easier. And it's funny because I was the product of receiving child support, but I was also with someone who had to pay out. Yeah. So, so it was so bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was always the conversation between him and I. He will fuss about, well, I'm paying this and she's over there doing this, this, that, another one money. I'm like, sir, how much child support do you really think you've given her the where she can do yeah. all of that? That yeah. doesn't even make any sense. There's still rent, there's a car, there's that she has to drive bill. those babies, yeah. that she get all over the place, the light bill, the food. And you think you're two hundred dollars every two weeks? Yeah. Is really paying for all that? Yeah. No, sir. No, sir. Yep. No, sir. Oh, what a wonderful book. Oh, my God. Oh, that's going to be a bestseller, sir. <laughs> I received that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, you might have to write three or four books for that subject. <laughs> yeah. So how can people contact you? Well, you can reach me at my website, which is www.exumlawson.com. That's X-U-A-M-L-A-W-S-O-N.com. And here's your last question. Are you ready? Sure. If you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? (laughs) 
Wow. That was, that's a good one. What would it be? What would it be? What would it be? You know what? Uh, the Chicago, we talked about that old school traditional gospel, didn't we? The, the, the song I'm thinking about right now is um, my friend Pam Crawford, when she sang with the Chicago Mass Choir, I Can Go to the Rock. When oh. everything else fails, I can go to the rock. Oh, you came so, all the way back. The troubles around me, I can go to the rock. I mean, there are a lot of songs, and I'm sure that I, later on I'll say, man, I could, but right now, the song that the Lord just, you know, revealed to me was I can go to the rock because, you know, throughout my life, irrespective of every situation that has taken place in my life, I could always go to the rock. Always. Always. And he was always there without fail. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your platform. And I speak nothing but blessings and increase in your household and what you're continuing to do in uh, in the world of ministry. And I just pray that God continues to enrich and, 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 and enlarge in your territory. Thank you. I receive it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Axum, for an awesome interview. I greatly appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. I just know that everything that you touch, God is going to bless. And if you would like to be on Broly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. This is the end of season two. Season three is going to be explosive. Make sure you hit that subscription button. And as always, Thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.